welcome back to another roller coaster of adventure, another oh, a, a madcap ride of insanity through the uh, realms of Airfix and other modeling products as we delve into the psyche of uh, no, no, we're just gonna look at um what did we say we were doing this week tools tools yes tools so we're going to look at this week we're going to look at um cheap alternative to some uh, modeling tools you know those uh so you see a oh, what can i use as an example you will see an expensive photo etch bender um about 70 quid when uh, you can probably get away with using a pair of um smooth pliers if you're very careful you know um tweezers a piece of glass or a tile yeah so that's what we're going to be looking at really we're just going to have a what is it when you sit mad, mad cat when you sit around and just throw ideas into the table um they've got a name for it haven't they um spit spit balling or something so oh, i don't know so um let's have a look so alternatives to glue i don't really think to be honest there is any real alternatives to what's out there at the moment i've just finished trying some new glue which i bought which was called model x pro glue um it's half the price of tamir um unfortunately it evaporates twice as quick um and i just don't think it's as strong uh so you know i tried it um and i've i'm going to be going back even though it's half the price i will be going back to um tamia and the traditional sort of glues there um there are many other types of glue that you can get some people prefer to use super glue um and there's a whole host of different ones there but generally cheap super glue is as good as the and sometimes if not better than some of the really expensive stuff wouldn't you say oh yeah super, oh that's super glue super glue at the end of the day isn't it yeah I, I mean no doubt do you think you get better super glue when you pay like seven quid for it as opposed to a pound for a hundred tubes on a card <laughs> It all depends how much super glue you're using, doesn't it? If you're only using a little bit of super glue now and again, it's the cheaper stuff, your better option. Because if you go out and spend eight quid on a, a pot of super glue and it's sitting on your shelf and you're only using it what once, twice a month, something like that, it's soon gotta go off. Yeah. And it does go off, believe me. That's why I keep my super glue in the fridge yeah top tip there from john he's absolutely right keep it in the fridge cool and dark yeah um because i think it's uv light a lot of the time that kind of starts 
Starting yeah. off, I'm not exactly sure on that. Don't quote me on that, but um, I think that's why they say keep it in a dark place. Although, to me, uh, if it is UV light, why do they put super glue in those sort of frosted clear bottles? Because they want you to buy more of it. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's throwaway society again, isn't it? They stick it in clear bottles because they know damn well it's going to go off quite quick. So you've got to buy more. Yeah. Isn't that the business model of everybody these days? Yeah. yeah. We can actually get you to buy without, you know, thinking, making you think twice about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, so glue's glue, basically. Uh, there are obviously just different strengths. That's a stupid statement on my part, really. But um, and and the thing I would add to that is, like, I've got three that you know you just basically brush on, and they set really quick. Yeah. And then I've got I've got two that if you put glue on one side. A little dab of water on the other as soon as you put them together they they're stuck yeah you know, there's all kinds of different you know types and it's what you're willing to what you're really wanting to spend you know like yeah I, i've got citadel i've got weld on number three that and that line of like glue there's like 20 different numbers so then you just got to figure out what you want and then but i use the weld on stuff for like sticking styrene together for like scratch yeah. build that stuff works so good yeah because a lot of the super glues work off of moisture that it's the moisture that triggers them to um to set uh you know because they were designed i think it was the Viet, was it vietnam war they were designed super glues um, for patching up soldiers on the battlefield, yeah, it, 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 it was designed for uh, like emergency stitching, wasn't it? Yeah, in the battlefield environment. I'm not sure whether it was um, Vietnam or earlier World War Two. I'm not sure, um, but yeah, it was designed. You got a great big hole in your gut and your intestines are falling out. Somebody just come along and squeeze a load of super glue and clamp it together, and you know you you're good to go for it get you know it keep you alive basically um and i think did they still use it is super glue still in the ar i bet it is i bet it's still in the arsenal of many medics on the battlefield yeah well i think the the super glue the the uh the military use the medics and stuff i think that tinted blue or something now as well it's sterilized as well it's not um yeah so yes there's that now also with super glue you can use what's called an activator as um josh just mentioned there he used uh, one that uses a little bit of water on one side and makes an instant weld you can do that with nearly every super glue not with the water 
but you can buy an activator. Now, the activator, you put your glue, your super glue down, you put your pieces together, and then you spray the activator on, and again, it's instant. It, you, you know, you can see it happen. But the activator can be quite expensive. Now, um, we're talking about, I don't know, about, say, about a tenner. It's not a lot to some people, but to others, it is a lot. Um, now, one of, the, one of the things you can do to get around this is use bicarbonate of soda and you just need to keep some of this in a tiny little bottle or something and basically take a pinch of it after you've put your bits, bits together your your plastic parts together and sprinkle it over the super glue and the super glue will um, instantly set um so that's another little tip there for uh anyone that's you know wants that hasn't got activator but wants to have have that ability just get yourself some bicarbonate soda uh, you get a quite a little uh, a little tub of it a couple of quid i guess if that um last you for ages and that would do the same thing are we any other glue tips while we're on glue i was gonna say baking soda right for filling yeah. I don't, yeah. I've never done it, but I've heard that. I don't know. Yeah, that's bicarbonate soda, baking soda. It's same, oh, it? different name over here. Or uh, it's baking soda. You're absolutely right. Um, I think it's just the older people among us call it bicarbonate soda. Um, not sure. So that's glue. Um, now we'll move on to paintbrushes because this one always. Uh, Paintbrushes come in all shapes and sizes. There's some really expensive ones out there. There's some really expensive ones out there. I know because I've bought two of them. Um, I I had some money once. This is a, this is fairy tale now. So crank the violins out. I had some money once, and I bought um, two Citadel. Uh, let me just find out what the name of them is. I've just got them here. And they are Citadel Artificia Layer. And I can tell you they were £18 each. Um, that's a lot of money. And it was at a time when I was first going into painting figures. And I wanted to have two really nice brushes to do my figures with. I've since realized that, uh, yeah, they're good brushes. They, you know, I can't argue they're good brushes. They hold their shape better than cheaper brushes. And generally, you get an, an, a nicer sort of finish with them if you use them properly. But are they worth an extra £16 on top of a £1 brush? I think not. Um, you can get packs of brushes um, fairly cheap and you can get reasonable ones for about, uh, you can get them like in detail sets or um, uh, wedge brushes, the, the, the ones with the different shape wedges on the front. And they are all, I don't know, they're sort of like three quid and you get about four brushes in them. 399 something like that and and they're, they're fairly good sets one of my favorite brushes that i found and i keep going back to are italeri 
I use their number two and their, again, I'm just popping over to my paint rack. And I buy these in, in like bulk as it is. So Italeri, triple zero, number zero, and number two are the three I use. I buy them from Mike Jolly um, whenever I get a big order. And I always have about 10, 15 of these put on. Um, they're about 75p each. And they're really, really nice brushes. Um, I really like them. And uh, I would recommend them to anyone. So, I mean, and, uh, you know, then... so, so the worst part about brushes is your, your Citadel you were just talking about. There's four other brands that are more expensive than those. I can believe it. What's the dearest brush you've seen then? Because that's the dearest one I've come across. The The what? What's the dearest brush you've come across? Okay. Um, so I want to say Citadel is probably midline. There's, I don't know the name of them anymore because it changes companies a lot. But they're, they're really, really like acrylic brushes. There's you can find the what? Sorry, the Series 7, isn't they? Windsor and Newton. They're expensive. Yeah, and then you have Broken Toad. Those are more expensive. And then there's another. I can't remember the name of it. I've never bought them because I yeah. just don't have that kind of money. But uh, yeah, I mean they go anywhere from like a pack of three for twenty five thirty dollars to you know. Just depends on which size you're you're getting. Yeah. I, I always get the the Walmart stuff because it's like, yeah, I don't have a package in front of me, but it's little bright house or brick house or something yeah. like that. And you can get anywhere in those from like 20 brushes to 10 and you're spending like two bucks. Now, you, you know... Um James, is it James Wapple? Wapel? Wapel. I, mean, I, I could be saying it wrong too. I, you know. Yeah. Well, he's, as we all know, he's a fantastic painter. Um, if you haven't seen his work, uh, go and Google him. His work is tremendous. He's, he's on par with um, Gilbert Mondragon and he's, you know, he's, he's up there highly very very talented um artist i don't know is he has he ever won the crystal brush award i can't i'm not sure um, I, I i will say this he has won a bunch of awards but i don't know which ones yeah and i think that's fair to say yeah now um james is coming on along with kathy they will be um on this podcast in the coming weeks um so we'll get to talk to him more then uh but i'm confident in saying that i've seen what he but i've seen the brushes he buys and he buys these very very cheap generic brushes um they're almost um childlike in there they're 
they're they're the ones in all the, with all the handles, the plastic handles in the fancy colours, pink, blue, yellow, red. Um, very very cheap brushes. He refuses to pay a lot of money for his brushes, and the work he does with them is amazing. So there's going to be people out there that say you, you can't do good work with them sort of brushes. Well, I, I would direct them to his website and say have a look at that um having said that i wouldn't go out and buy the brushes he buys because i just um i couldn't i don't know i just couldn't do anything decent with them um but uh i'm hoping to ask him about these and, and many other things when he comes on soon there, there will be uh, him and his wife kathy they're both on together um, so don't miss that. That's coming soon. Just sort of get a little plug in there. Um, so um, nothing to really add on brushes, really. I mean, really, it's personal preference at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's, um, that's the worst part. So what other... What other tools can we get cheaper so we've we've done photo etch bending we we can definitely recommend you know um that there's a smooth jaw pliers um a nice set of strong tweezers will help uh maybe not with the more complex shapes um but there's no need to go out and pay 70 odd pound out on a set of photo etch benders a big big set uh, I say this because I did actually do this. I went out and I paid about £70 for a set of photo etch benders. They have not been used since I got them. Um, the, all the photo etch I've used, I've, I've used my tweezers with. Uh, I've used my tweezers to bend and uh, a pair of smooth jaw pliers. And, and that's all I've used at the moment. Um, now, if you're a shipbuilder, that's maybe a different situation because shipbuilders have a huge amount of photo etch that they need to work with. Um, now, if you're a shipbuilder, you may find it um, a good idea to buy a set of photo etch benders um, and a big size of that, depending on what ships you're doing. But for the aircraft builders among us, uh, tanks, um i don't really think you need a big set would you would you agree with that or i don't know i haven't used photo etch much so i think john would have more info on that than i would and if i was building a ship boat flight vessel and with the amount of curves 90 degree bends and all this that and the other a folding tool would probably benefit you but as for general run-of-the-mill stuff you can get away with stuff that you've got knocking about with it's like if i'm making up some ammo boxes and stuff yeah i've got a a photo bending gizmo but nine times out of ten i use my steel rulers uh, a razor blade and uh, <clears throat> a tile yeah. If I want to 
if I want to bend something round the curves, nine times out of ten, I'll bend it round the paintbrush because paintbrush is coming different sizes. Yeah, I mean that was going to be our next uh, next thing there. Exactly, you can buy a set of latecomers rollers. Uh, another thing is like it's like a cone, a metal cone, and you can it's got stepped measurements on it. Uh, and you can use the various sizes to roll a sheet of photo etch up or or curve it um and yes as john has just pointed out you can use a paintbrush handle you can use a pen you can use a pencil um it, anything around really i mean as i'm looking here that the the case that the brush came in a little um clear plastic case that's round you could use that um you could use a battery if it's a bigger curve you're looking for uh you know anything uh if, if you want a sort of 90 degree type um bend but with a curve instead of a right angle you could probably get away using a tamiya bottle the corner of it because that's, that's sort of got a rounded um corner to one side there's just no end of things just lying around uh, especially when you're modeling that are perfectly uh, lend themselves perfectly to that um that sort of thing um yeah so that that covers photo etch rollers i think they're called rollers aren't they uh, benders or yeah yeah so um then we come to probably one of the favorite um tools that get to spoke about quite a lot nippers um now then yes um, you can get away with toenail clippers i've heard it mentioned right but i will say this you, yes you can as long as you clip away from the piece because they're curved you've got to pay attention to that now the thing is um you're not going to get a nice clean cut with those you're always going to have a bit in the middle um and they will blunt very quickly um i wouldn't recommend them but if you're stuck uh you know and you've got to absolutely model there and then and that's and all you've got there is a pair of um so now clippers then I, I guess you're okay uh there's lots of other alternatives though now at the time i bought a pair of display um single edge nippers very very good um highly rate them but they were quite dear at the time they were about 45 pounds now you can go and get you can get uh, a set from japan now these are not display but they're identical in every other way apart from the packaging's different um they've got the same single edge and they're about eight quid and you can get those off um ali Ali something, Ali Wish or something? Alibaba. Is that what it's called? 
yeah yeah it's like wish it's like wish um a little bit more upmarket than wish uh the things are a little bit more expensive on there but they are of a better quality and they have a huge modeling um section in there for modeling tools and there was a lot of stuff i saw on there today as i was looking through i'm just bringing my um phone online so that i can see uh what the name of that is again um i was on there today you know i looked it up before we come on the podcast i had it in my head and all of a sudden it's gone again um ali ali Bar ali Barbar just sounds racist so i don't think it's they could have named it that but maybe they have um let me go into oh no it's called aliexpress aliexpress that's it yeah so we've committed uh, numerous acts of uh, racism i think there <laughs> we apologize for that there you go now if you go on there you'll find loads of variations of all sorts sanders um uh knives um modeling knives grips um they've even got these glove these things you put over your fingers and they stop if you if you're prone to damaging your fingers and, th and that sounds like a thing. no no it's a lot bigger it's like a imagine a glove but without the the stuff on the back of the hand or the palm of the hand just the fingers and it's uh you, you can't cut your fingers with them and 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 although that sounds unlikely you've got to think um for people with advanced diabetes they have very little feeling in their fingers and it's quite easy to go and injure your hands when you're modeling and not know you've done it straight away so um i do know of people that have, have had this um so and they're the first time i've seen a website selling something like that and I, you know it's quite, it's quite good to see that somebody is at least uh trying to make something that will protect people's hands in those instances um then we so, come on sorry so, so the snippers that i have they're I, I get them at walmart they're in the jewelry section they're actually meant for cutting the little bitty gold bands or whatever the steel little rod or whatever they use to bend yeah. the jewelry together it works great um and then my wife got this tackle box off of Facebook, one of the selling sites. Yeah. It just came with a generic. There's no ID marks, but they're just snippers. I'm assuming for plastic. 
No, they're, they're, the, they're the blue handled ones. Um, they're like like Zeron, the blue handled ones are for photo etch. Yeah, I, but like the little box in the handle, there's usually a name and it's yeah. blank. So these are really generic. Yeah, but I mean, you can use them for anything, can't you? They don't cut metal very well. I, I, no. I, I, I tried cutting a little bitty piece of like a nail or yeah. stick, and no, it didn't want no part of that. But yeah. my other pair, it would it would go through a small nail, no no problem. Cool. What do you use, John? Uh, I've got a pair of Godans. I've got some display ones. Um. I've got some zero ones. I've got the um, Citadel heavy duty ones. Yeah, but what do you use? It depends on what I'm cutting. You if must it, have a favourite pair out of that lot. Ones you go to. <clears throat> if it's delicate, it's either the display uh, ones or the Godans. Mm. I've heard things about the Citadel pair, but I, I don't have a set. What are the Citadel ones like? I see them in the shop all the time. Uh, they're quite expensive, but well, I say that I paid £45 for a pair of display, and I'm saying that the Citadel ones are expensive. Um, I can't really say that. <laughs> I think I paid about 25 quid for my Citadel ones off eBay. How do they? How do they sort of line up with all the others? Um, they, they're all right for general use. Uh, taking heavy duty parts off with big sprue gates or fine sprue gates and stuff, and I have a tendency to take the parts off the sprues with them. And then do any fine work with the one or the other. It depends which ones I've got at hand at the time. Yeah, that makes sense because the Warhammer stuff—that stuff is thick. <laughs> yeah, you're going to say the uh, the Citadel ones will cut through Warhammer stuff like butter. Yeah. Well, that's that's their that is their bread and butter, isn't it? Then then yeah, their their plastic is quite thick. Um, so, I mean, we've covered the, the the expensive end, but what if you haven't got the money to buy a pair like that? What is there around the house that you could use um, a pair of scissors? If they're fine enough, you could. They'd need to be very fine, though. Yeah. Um, your best bet really is uh, a blade. Um, so you really need one of these blades that breaks off um, or a Stanley knife, something like that, something that can cut through nice and clean. Or what about a pair of wire cutters? Yeah, pair of wire cutters, anything like that. Um, as Again, it's all about access with sprues because uh, there's certain times when there's no access 
Um, so you do need something that will get in to nooks and crannies. And sometimes, you know, if you're really stuck, the edge of a pair of toenail clippers, if it's in a really tight spot and you're on a budget, they may get you out of a sticky situation there. You know, okay. That pair that I get from Walmart is only is like three, four bucks. Well, that's not bad. Not very uh, much. I guess if you go into Wilkinson's in the UK, you can get a pair of um, sprue cutters, fairly cheap, um, maybe three, four quid. Uh, if you buy certain air no, not air compressors, I was going to say. Um, sometimes they'll send a set with certain items you buy. Um, that's not exactly making things cheaper. Um, yeah, so that is uh, that is the cutters all done. Then I can't think of anything else to add to that. Um, so what else have we got that we can help people with and, and cut down? Um, what other tools are there around us that we can maybe? Sanders. Sorry? Sanders. Sanders, yeah. Um, well, Doug, run with it then, Josh. I'll let you do the Sanders. Well, I, I don't have any of the good stuff. But I have the automotive, like, filler, paper, whatever. You get, like, you, in Walmart, there's, like, four different types. You start out at, like, 800, 1,000, and 1,200. And then there's another pack that's, like, one, two, and three. And so you're on about, like, the DIY packs and the car packs that you get in the cheap shops, yeah? Well, no, automotive section yeah okay okay yeah i get what you're saying i'm just tr trying to clarify because obviously we don't have a walmart over here so well I, even if you went to the auto parts store they're the same they're the same package and you may not have that over there either but um and you get three or four and i've got the same stuff i was using three years ago yeah and then i use nail files like my wife doesn't like it but you know i i, I steal her nail files um, yeah yeah you can also use the nail buffers as well oh, um, yeah. there's uh that you know they're good for using the nail buffers um they're relatively cheap uh you can pick quite a few of them up um but to be honest um I bought a pack of Flory Sanders and they were a tenner and I got a load. Um, so I don't know whether you're going to actually save anything buying cheaper Sanders, um, especially in the UK. I don't know about America, but over here, a tenner gets you a whole bag full of Sanders. Um, and I really, I'm struggling to see that you would benefit from paying anything out 
uh, a chemist for uh, you know nail files and stuff like that, I think you would end up spending more. What, what do you reckon, John? Because you you buy um, same sort of sanders as me. Well, I started off using nail buffers to start with. Now, do you think you could go out and and buy the buying cheap sanders? Could you match what you get in that bag? For a ten of that starter bag. Well, the starter bag. Um, no, not really, because the the sanders run about. They're, they're a quality piece of kit. You'd probably use one of them to possibly three or four of the nail buffers. The other thing that I use a lot of is uh, automotive wet and dry sandpaper. Ah, I'd say Josh was on about that. He's um, that was just what he was saying. Well, this is it. I, I, I started off by getting lollipop sticks and cutting them into different thicknesses, different shapes, and stuff. And yeah. uh, getting contact glue, <coughs> putting some on the back of the, the sheets of sandpaper, and then some on the wood, and making up my own sanding sticks. Yeah, it's a good idea. And you've got a you've got a, a, a great source for your uh, sandpaper, as I recall. <laughs> yeah, he knows what I'm on about. <laughs> I went and bought uh, just a little story. I went recently. I bought some polishing paper, and I paid about fifteen quid for this polishing paper, and it came, and there was. I don't know, there was a few little squares in there. I was really quite pleased with it because I'd never used it before. And I thought, yes, I'm going to use this. I'm going to get some really nice finishes with this. And I happened to be, um, happened. To, we were in the hangout that night and I showed, uh, I was showing everyone what I'd bought and I showed them these, these small sections of sandpaper that I got. And John disappeared off screen and came back with a carrier bag. <laughs> and um, the carrier bag was full of uh, these sanders, these sanding cloths, absolutely chocker to the top. And uh, he said, how much did you pay for them? And I said, well, I got these for, uh, I think I paid about 12, 15, 12 to 15 quid. I said, but there's a complete set there. Um, John had paid. How much did you pay for that carrier bag? Well, this carrier bag. <laughs> yeah, it's gone down a bit since you showed me it. But yeah. I went to uh, an auto jumble near, well, I say near, not far from where I live, and I bought a carrier bag full of different grade offcuts, ranging from. Uh, I think the, the roughest one's 400 and the finest is about 3,000 grit. And they're almost identical to the Tamiya polishing sponges. Yes, that was it, the polishing sponge. Yeah. Yeah, you, get, you, buy, one sheet, you buy one sheet of that from Tamiya for about a five or three, four, five quid or whatever, for a five rub or a bag full. 
I'm off to an auto jumble again on Sunday next week. So there you go. Top another top tip. Well, this 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 is it. You if you go to your automotive supplier, right? It's like a lot of my primers are what they use on cars. Yeah. Because I prefer using that because one, it fill it, it edges into the plastic slightly as well. Right? You can put it on thick if you need to, like a an eye build filler. Right? Yeah. And I use the automotive sponges and abrasive papers and stuff for sanding down I've still yeah. a lot of it now yeah and I mean that that brings us that moves us lovely segue there into um, primers um, and there's a lot of primers out there let's face it there are hundreds and up until uh, recently, I used Steinal Res. Um, I've still got some Vallejo left. And every now and then, um, I go back to it and try it again. I never learn. Every time I try it, it goes wrong. Um, and, and the Vallejo just doesn't work right for me at all. I'm not getting into a debate over that, but um, that, that's just... So I I, I just use uh, Steinal Res. Um, that was up until about... Um, probably about four months ago. And somebody recommended to me auto primers. It might have been you, John, I can't remember. Yeah, we were talking about it in the Hangout one night, weren't we? And I went into, yeah, I think it might, yeah, I think it was you actually. And I went into the pound shop and they'd got car auto primer. Now, the only time I'd ever bought anything from the pound shop in an aerosol was I got some car polisher um, in a can, in a rattle can. And I, I polished one door and it ran out of the compressed gas in it. And basically, the tin was full, but there was no propellant in it. And it was rubbish. Um, so I didn't buy anything that would come in a rattle can again. But John had convinced me that, you know, it was a good buy. So initially, I bought, they were a pound each. So I bought, I think I bought two black, two grey, and one white. I have to say, the finish off them is phenomenal um the gray is absolutely fantastic it's the toughest primer um i've come across um you leave it down and you let it harden for a suitable amount of time and it you can sand this stuff um and you know the only way you'll get through it is literally by sanding it away um and it doesn't just break up it, it's amazing stuff so uh, I carried on using the primer and the thing is you can go outside and you can spray you can spray a whole um, 130 second plane in like five minutes um, you can be fairly ruthless with it because it settles quite nicely the only thing you've got to make sure of is you're outside you're, you cover yourself well um, if you're in an enclosed area you've got a ventilation for yourself 
and this stuff is absolutely fantastic so i used that from there i went on to try their matte uh sorry not their matte black their gloss black paint um again phenomenal results this this stuff looked amazing i've got photographs of all of this um and even before we come on to do the podcast tonight uh i've been into the pound shop um within the last couple of weeks and i happened to see i've gone into stock up on uh gray primer and i noticed that they'd got matte silver in the cans uh so i thought i'd give it a go and uh john you can confirm this i've shown you this before we came on <coughs> what does that finish look like on that uh lancaster that lancaster you sprayed with that uh, that silver rattle can so it's it just looks like a natural aluminium yeah it's 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 amazing i was shocked i mean because i went out there it's a base coat so i wasn't particularly worried um about the finish or anything because it's going on for, for chipping later on um and it I, I just literally hosed it on and it's just brilliant it's just gone on so well i left it out on the window ledge to, to dry um i mean it was dry within about 15 minutes to hand touch you know lightly um obviously i didn't uh you know i haven't handled it when uh, you know i was just testing it uh, marvelous yeah so if you want to save money there i would say if you can get hold of if you go into your local pound shop and they've got the gray auto primer the black paint the white paint i've used as well works just as good um pretty much any colors you can get i would get them um to give you an example the gray primer i've primed a i've primed about two to three one one twenty fourth, one planes with one rattle can this is not decanting in, incidentally um you could decant them and they would probably work even better i haven't tried but you you could decant them i've been lazy i've just you know whipped the lid off and and uh you know it's on um what do you what do you two reckon to that then? well automotive primers i either use alphas or u pop and so if i can't get them I just put the pound cans up the cantage into jars. Nemesis was uh, painted D-Day stripes, so you'd uh, camouflage your aircraft up and then paint your D-Day stripes on, and you pull the masking tape off, and the uh, the camouflage colours had come off. So I altered how I did things. I primed up first with auto primer, 
then I put down a white coat of white primer, auto primer, mask it up, spray the black on, auto primer again, take all the masking off, leave it for a few days, mask off the D-Day site, then put the camouflage colours down, no problems at all, paint don't pull off, don't peel off the nothing. Yeah, so yeah, I just yeah, can't get on with these acrylic primers. Well, I mean, the, the Vallejo stuff that is probably the worst thing on the market. I don't yeah. know anybody that has any success with that stuff. Steinal Res, I, I that's what I have. Um, and that's probably one of the better ones out there. Um, the, the Tamiya stuff is okay. I, I, I don't, I haven't had much luck with that just cause it's in an aerosol can and I'm not really good with aerosol cans, but yeah, I, I, I've got, and when I go to do 3d printing, I go get the sander filler primer out of the automotive section and they have two different types. They have an aerosol can, which works great cause you can just just coat that stuff on like there's nothing or they have an airbrush version for like a big spray can for a car yeah and i i've been able to airbrush that stuff and that stuff works yeah we're gonna do uh we're gonna do 3d printers at some point um what i want to do though is before we come to do that i actually want to get hold of some xtc 70 is it um is it XTC seventy the, the the special filler stuff um, that was brought out specifically for three D printing? It. How do I say this? It's it's not it's not really it's not really meant to be sanded. That's the thing. It, you basically are just creating a gel coat over the surface that it flattens it out to at least that's i have never used it but that's how i understand how that stuff works right is it i mean it's basically just a gel that kind of smooths everything out oh right well i mean if it smooths everything out to a degree where you haven't got to sand it then that's fair enough uh, yeah but if you take a bunch of uh like white or no not white what is it is white but oh per perfect plastic putty yeah basically get it wet yeah and just kind of like smooth it on and then yeah. just go back and sand the top layer on it smooths itself out and then you prime over that and it's almost yeah, i think I, I, I might have been the one that told you about that because that's how i did toby so um i did dobby like that with uh, a whole tube of um uh, plastic perfect plastic putty god i got in a mess with that but yeah um it did work but it was very messy um so yeah there we go that's uh so that that's another top tip i think when it comes to primers a pound you can't go wrong um the price you'll pay for and, and one thing i will say about vallejo what they say is now i haven't tried this but what they're saying is that 
when you put on Vallejo, you've got to leave it for like five days before you can paint it. <laughs> then they're saying it will work. Um, from what I can gather. So, so my comment to that is I've left that stuff for weeks and you could go back to it and basically just rip it off the model in right. chunks. So well, that stuff, to me, that stuff is perfect for terrain. That so stuff works awesome for terrain. In, in, reply, in, hold on, in reply to what you're saying there, I would say now that I have just heard that if you go back to that after some weeks, it's still shit. <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> That's blew that theory out of the water. I was trying. I was trying to give Vallejo an olive branch. Um, I, I think that stuff. I've never had an issue with it when it comes to terrain, because most terrain is kind of like a, a lit hill or. But you start getting into those like curves and stuff, and for some reason it just doesn't. It's not my favorite go-to. No, no, <laughs> unfortunately. When I first started uh, modeling, everyone said Vallejo. I went and bought loads of it. And I still have it. Um, I tend to find their black is better than their gray. Their white is bloody awful. Um, but there you go. So, um, wow, we've, we've covered quite a bit here um, on on you know what to what we can use to save save a few pennies i think obviously there's a lot lot more that can be used just bear with me a minute while i just check um how long have we been recording now oh i have no idea yeah there's no clock on this that's the trouble so i think what we'll have to do is we're gonna have to do another one of these um a bit later in the series we're gonna do another one and we're gonna cover other items so we've just covered things today basics that uh, are around you that you might get away with using i will add one more quickly and that is i saw a guy and a few people have seen this that you can use, uh, you know, the freeze-dried noodles. Yeah. Um, if you uh, mash them up, not cooked, but if you sort of um, put them in a chopper or something, a food blender, blend them into a dust and then add a little bit of, uh, I think it's a little bit of water, mix them up into a paste, they make excellent fillers. Um, there is a YouTube video going around where there's a guy uses these noodles for filling holes in the wall. Um, I think you've seen it, haven't you, John? Have you seen the same? And he uses it. And I mean, it's amazing what he uses these noodles for. I don't know if there's any truth behind it. Um, but if there is, and you've used it, and you, you've used these noodles in modelling somehow then uh, get in touch with us 
and uh, I'd love to hear about it. And I'd love to know, you know, maybe we could get you to come on the podcast and tell us tell us your story about how you used freeze dried noodles to um, put a ship together or something. Excellent. Um, so I think we're going to leave it there for now. Um, we are going to follow this up with another one because there's so many other tips and, and things we can come up with. Uh, but the show would just go on and on and on and on and it would just become too too long um and we'll catch up so we'll call this part one when it goes out you'll be listening to part one and uh we'll do another we'll do part two obviously at a later date so anyway thanks for watching listening i keep getting that wrong uh thanks for listening and we'll catch you all next time bye for now Bye for now. See you later. Alligator.